Listening to the Pool Boy World Championships podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Pool Boy podcast as we get ready for a bumper summer of international swimming competition. First up, it's the World Championships, and the gang is back together as we look forward to events in Budapest starting next week. Bob. He's back here. He's been in Bath this week speaking to some of the team. They they in a good mood down there, Bob? All in a very good mood. I have felt a very upbeat nature of Dave McNulty's squad that I talked to earlier in the week. And um, everybody is uh, revved up and ready to go. And, of course, a lot of people have got, uh, as one swimmer, uh, notably called it, a big target on their backs. Well, uh, we'll hear a little bit of those uh, those chats through this podcast and, and more uh, in the next episode, as we'll as we'll see. Uh, Katie's back here as well. Katie, great to have you back. Are you uh, excited for uh, a summer of international swimming? Yeah, looking forward to it. I think we had a bit of a drought a couple of years ago, so good to be cramming lots of meets in. But um, I'm probably quite glad not to be one of the swimmers because it's quite a hectic summer. Yeah, it certainly is a hectic summer. Now, on that on that topic. Uh, Three meets coming up in, in quick succession, as we alluded to. We've got Worlds starting imminently, uh, about a month's gap to the Commonwealth Games, and then a week's gap from that to the to the um, to Europeans. Um, Katie, you say you're glad you're not one of the swimmers who's having to make their mind up. Um, think it's a, a case of focusing on one at a time, or or would you pick a preference as the three that you're going to, you know, focus on? I think it's really difficult, and and I'm I think a lot of the swimmers have been quite cagey about where their focus is I don't know if that's because it's it's sort of just so difficult to plan um, or if there's a steer from British swimming about where that should be um, I think things are complicated a little bit more by the fact that Commonwealth Games is at home and there's always a, a temptation to prioritise that and you know to make sure that you're putting on a great show for the crowd at home um, so but world championships you know it's such a big deal Commonwealth Games only every four years. It's it's pretty difficult to to make that call. I don't know. I would say that most of them would probably value a world's medal over a Commonwealth medal. Um, but I, I I just don't know how they're going to prioritise and how you manage tape multiple tapers. It's it's a really tough ask. Difficulty is, I think, for some of our swimmers is that, yes, our high-profile swimmers will have their eyes definitely on the World Championships getting medals there. But a lot of those swimmers that we're talking about will have realistic options and realistic possibilities of getting a medal at the Commonwealth Games. So if they go, well, yeah, I, I want to compete at the World Championships, but I'm not going to get a medal there. Whereas realistically, I can get a medal in Birmingham and potentially in Rome as well. Where, where do they then put their focus? And I, th- yeah, and I think another another thing which is potentially a bit difficult is that what you've ended up with because of this unusual situation where you've got a Worlds and a Commonwealth in, in a single year is a sort of slightly odd, certainly on the England side, kind of two-tier squad where you've got a lot of people coming together for the Worlds and then some extra people joining for the Commonwealths, which I think I think it will be quite hard to build that feeling of team unity with multiple events and sort of different people in each and then splitting off into the home nations. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll manage it because they always do. And I think there's a 
there's a, an excellent feeling when they break into the home nation's team and you've got that that extra sort of pride for your home nation but it's um it's just a very odd setup and, and a weird year and it'll be pretty difficult for everyone to manage I'm sure well I think uh, I think as Adam Barrett was telling us on the last episode that uh, that team England's communication has been pretty good so I think hopefully they'll have that that in in train but um the swimmers you spoke to bob you put this point to them a number of them i know um they're kind of feeling on on how they're approaching this summer well we'll never have anybody and we'll hear from david nolte talking about this nobody's ever really had to do this how do you fit a taper in how many tapers do you fit in what kind of tapers do you do how long are you out of the pool for how much gym work do you do uh, that very short space of time between the commonwealth games and the europeans i think is probably the most testing of the lot because you, you don't you don't have any, you've really got to swim through both of those two events haven't you you haven't got time to to readjust so you have to treat it like it's an extended meet really haven't you go straight from the commonwealth to the Europeans it's got to be an extended meet from their point of view definitely well as you've uh, as you've trailed it there let's have a little listen uh, to Dave McNulty and uh, how he is approaching a very unusual summer I've been doing this a long time and I've never known it like this I've got 11 weeks left of this cycle and I've got a world championships I've got a Commonwealth Games and a European championships and we're tap- the swimmers are tapering for the worlds because that's our main aim We'll come back, we've got four weeks where we're going to double taper. We're going to do two weeks up and two weeks back down for the Commonwealth Games. And then we're just going to bounce on to the, to the Europeans because that's about a week later. So the majority of this season that's left will either be tapering, resting and competing. And I think there's two weeks of it where we'll step up. But, but all, now all the work's done, it's banked. And I've told to the swimmers, don't think of it as a season from the trials to now. Think of it as the, the season was started on the 4th of January because that was 14 weeks to the trials. I give them three days off after that and then we just literally keep going until these worlds. So I think if you see it as an eight-week preparation, it'll, it'll mash with your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you see it as a 28-week preparation from January, uh, you'll be all right. But, but I've never known anything like it. But at the end of the day, I keep saying to myself, for them 18 months to two years where we couldn't swim anywhere, it's all here now and I can't wait to get going. That's Dave McNulty. He's uh, preparing his squad for a very unusual summer of swimming, a lot of racing to do. Uh, you can hear more from him on our next episode and we'll hear him in those uh, interviews from Bob in full. Um, let's move on and actually talk about the meet in a bit more detail, although we have to start with the um, the one-footed elephant in the room, as it were, and, uh, and the fact that Britain will be without Adam Peaty, Bob. Uh, he's been such a big part of of the resurgence of British swimming over the last few years, a, a, a blow or a chance for others to step into the limelight, do you think? Well, it's going to have a massive impact. It's going to have a massive impact, hasn't it? I mean, t- take aside the 50 and the 100s from the worlds that he, he hopefully would go on to win. Um, it's going to be the mixed medley relay that's affected by that. It's going to be the medley relay that's affected by that. So, you know, th- there are two events in there that we probably would go in as if not favourites very close to being favourites like we were for the Olympics which were the best one in the world and, and James Wilby is a great swimmer James Wilby will be the first swimmer but he's no Adam Peaty and we lose so much time between those two uh, that sadly e- even if James is right on his best form that is our banker that, that that's our, our trump card that's that's gone in that respect I also think and I've I've probably harped on about this a bit too much before but I think we 
get a huge boost from Adams 100 generally being on day one and the high that that gives the team. Um, you know, hopefully we've got other people that can step into that and I'm sure we'll come on to this in a minute. Um, some other promising events on day one that can get that momentum going. But I do think it's it's it can be quite tough if you don't have a really strong performance early on for the rest of the team to have that feeling of, yeah, we're, you know, we're all swimming well. It's going great. I can do, like you know, I can take advantage of chances too, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a shame and he's been such a leader for us for so long and we've been so lucky to have him. Um, but also, I'm pretty amazed that he's got this far through his career without an injury. So um, he's done, I think he's done brilliantly. Um, and I'm sure he'll be back for Commonwealth's pretty strong. I was going to say, I think we maybe have gone beyond that now. I think that most of our swimmers are so motivated and go to an event like this really revved up and ready to go. That actually, I don't think they need the, the, the blue touch paper lit by Adam Peaty these days. I, th- I think they're so motivated by what they do um, and their standards are so high now that perhaps we don't, they, they don't need that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've sort of felt on day one of the Olympics that it was a bit flat um, because it, it was it was one of those things where, the, you know, the men's 400 IM was generally not that fast and and it was sort of like, what are morning finals doing and everyone finding their own way? And, and of course, there were factors in there that aren't going to be present in um, in Budapest. Um, and then we then we had that first really, really strong swim and it was like, okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that the, the team is, it's not like we're back in 2013 where you're kind of desperately relying on, on someone to do something. We've got plenty of people who can perform and do perform. Um, and I'm sure they won't have a problem doing that without Adam. I also think there's another dynamic that I talk to the swimmers about uh, is that they're in a pool they feel familiar with Many have been there several times. Many of them were on ISL teams that swam there. So it's not going to be going away to a pool they don't know. It's a very fast pool. So I think they're going to step back in into quite a comfort zone when they go back into that pool. And I think that's a a very valid point. I mean, we had a very successful World Championships there in in 2017. Um, And yeah, it's a familiar environment, which is is going to help people feel comfortable, isn't it, as you say. a quick adjunct to your comments about relays, Bob. Obviously, we've also be without Kathleen Dawson from that mixed medley relay. She's um, suffering with a back injury um, and is going to skip uh, Worlds and Commonwealth this year. So we hope she recovers quickly. Uh, it certainly, Katie, leaves uh, an interesting subplot, if you like, for that mixed medley relay. We obviously know Adam will be out. We know Kathleen will be out. So there's a, a bit of a question mark about what... Um, what what the the tactics will be i mean we've talked about it i know but and we think it's probably is do you think a straight swap uh, and keeping the keeping james guy and, uh, and anna hopkin on the end and then subbing in uh james Wilby and possibly one of the debutants in, in medi harris with the backstroke i think so i mean i think it will depend part, like on how for example someone like medi is coping with a such a you know huge first meet um they've got no reason to think that she can't perform and you know she's looked really really great this year she's having such a breakout year um i think that back end of that medley relay is so well established and anna's such a racer james is so brilliant when it comes to any relay um I can't see that we would we would change that up, but I suppose it just depends. Um, it's it's one of those events where there is the opportunity to think quite creatively, um, but I can't see that we've got a a logical male backstroker or female breaststroker that fits in. So so I think you're probably right. 
um, it's it's a lot to ask of people to step into that event where we've historically been so successful. But I think the expectations just will be different this year. It doesn't mean we can't achieve anything and we won't be good at it because we know we've still got that really strong back end. It's just going to be different. Well, a great opportunity for Medi there to, uh, to to make her mark uh, on the international stage. Um, moving on and, and bringing it back to what you were talking about, about lighting the, the blue touch paper, Bob. Uh, one of the people going on day one, who we whether we need him to or not, we hope will uh, will do just that. Is uh, is Duncan Scott, who's slated to swim the four hundred IM on the first day after his British record at uh, the trials, ranked number two in the world as we sit here now. Um, ordinarily, we'd be thinking, oh, he's he's got to be a great chance for a medal here, and maybe even go take his British record down even further. He's just had COVID, terrible timing, but you know, Bob, he's someone who's very resilient. He can bounce back, can't he? When have you ever seen Duncan Scott not perform? Uh, he, he is as reliable as Adam Peaty is in that respect. He, he'll go in there. He never lets us down. And it, uh, whilst that is definitely a setback, it might be just far enough away from the Commonwealth, from, from the rather from the, um, the World Championships, for him to to get that out of the system and get back in. I'm sure that he'll be, as soon as he can, getting back in there, trying to prepare, trying to train and trying to get himself in the best shape possible for that. Uh, you're right. In, in an ideal situation, if you hadn't had that, we certainly would have him down for a medal. The way he swam earlier on this year, um, every expectation, as there always is, expectation on his shoulders now. Because every, every time he goes into any of it, he doesn't do events he doesn't think he can perform well in. Um, so he's doing the 400 IM for a very good reason. He'll be in the mix. If he's feeling anywhere near 100% or close to 100%, he'll, he'll definitely be in that shake-up. And, and Katie, is this, the, is this the chance for Duncan to win an individual gold medal, do you think? I mean, of, you know, illness notwithstanding, he's, he's got a great shout once again in, in the 200 free and the 200 IM. I mean, if, if we're getting uh, Duncan, who's in, in good shape, um, he's got so many chances. I mean, uh, he's he's got to be one of the best swimmers in the world right now. And any one of those three events has to be a gold medal chance for him. Um, obviously, there's, you know, nothing's set in stone. He's got challenges both from his own teammates and, and you know, from elsewhere. Um, I just think, you know, COVID is one of those things that affects people so differently. Um, and I think Duncan is is one of the factors that would massively change, you know, if he's, if he's in shape, then I'd put our medal count pretty high. If he's not, then I think that does dramatically probably impact it just because he's he's got his fingers in so many pies. He's so good at so many events. And, you know, he could potentially win all three of those events if he's, if, you know, if he's ready ready to perform. Um, clearly not his fault if he's not. Well, if he wants to win all three, he'll have to get past one of his teammates. Bob, I think you were alluding to him when you were talking about targets on on backs uh, in the shape of Absolutely. Tom Dean, uh, Olympic champion, obviously, in the 200 free, who's now taking up the 200 IM as well. Um, he's He's got a little way to go to catch up with Duncan, but uh, he's another person who'll be wanting to to, to do well and probably prove that, that 2021 wasn't a flash in the pan. And also, I was impressed with the way that he approached the Murray Nostrum recently, because it had been quite easy to kind of swim through it, just get himself in terms of preparation, you know, try and get towards where he wants to be for the World Champs. But he didn't. He actually went in and gave it a really good crack. And uh, I think he only lost one of the what, four events he did out there. 
um, the Mario Nostra. He, he, he performed well, uh, obviously not at the times he was doing last year. He doesn't want to be doing those at this stage of the season. But I thought that you, you looked at the people who are coming back from their 2021 swims in 2022. They're all slightly off the pace, but actually I didn't think he was. And I think he did exactly what he had to do, what he wanted to do in the events he took part in. Well, he'll be a threat, certainly. And those two, Duncan and, and Tom, will be together in, in a few relays as well. We'll come on to the 4 by 2 in a minute. But, um, Bob, the 4 by one is looking pretty tasty Very as well. Exciting. We've got um, yeah, Lewis Burris, who's come in as the, as the newest uh, newest weapon, if you like, uh, in that quartet. But um, Tom himself was swimming very fast. We know Duncan's fast. You know, that Jacob Whistle is improving all yeah. the time. I mean, that, that quartet could really challenge, especially as Russia won't be in Budapest. Yes, exactly. I, I'm really impressed. I mean, we, we put a lot of focus, rightly, quite rightly, because they are the Olympic champions on the 4 by 2 But our 4 by ones and, you know, just not to think about not too long ago, we couldn't get a quartet of any real standard. We had a couple of decent swimmers, but that was about it for the 4 by one Now we have four excellent swimmers who are all doing terrific times. And, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. And you say you know, young Jacob is uh, coming through in leaps and bounds. Every every time he goes in the pool, he seems to do a PB these days. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very excited about our 4 by ones You know, they're going to be always probably slightly in the shadow of the 4 by 2 But they're, they're coming alongside pretty quickly now. And the 4 by 2 case, he must go as favourites uh, after last year. Um, the US were pretty tasty in their trials, but uh, you know if everyone's fit, you know we've, we've talked about Duncan, but if everyone's um, healthy enough, it feels like it's it's them who are the, the people to shoot at. Yeah, I think I was I was probably quite surprised when I saw all the times added up across, I guess the US, uh, Australia, and and the and. Great Britain um, to see that we weren't on top just because you know we've been so dominant recently but I think you know our, our trials were a bit odd there's a lot of free selection we don't really have a sense of where people are tapered this year which is quite an unusual position to be in and I think is sort of fairly unique to to us maybe a little bit of that in Australia but I don't think that was so much in the men's 200 free so I would hope that we should come out on top on that just because of the the depth that we've got you know all of those guys are so good they're so used to swimming in that relay they always pull it out I think it's it's something that's so special it's an event that is so special to them and I just I've never you know I can't think back to a disappointing performance in that they're just such racers they really really want it so um, I think you're right I think we must be the favourites well one thing they didn't get in uh, in Tokyo last year was the world record they missed by a few hundredths of a second only and uh, chasing that was a a prospect that Bob put to uh, to Tom Dean and to Matt Richards when he met them in Bath let's have a little listen we were so close in that world record and my swim on the 203 wasn't as quick as it could have been. Um, I think the fatigue of the events kind of got the better of me slightly. So I know if I if I swim the time I'm capable of, then that world record is is, is well within our grasp. All of us have little things we can improve on. Um, I know for a fact I've got things to improve on. Um, and I think you know we're talking two one hundredths of a second. It doesn't take much for us to get that. That's 0.005 of a second each, which is a ridiculously small number, and we can definitely find that. Um, and it'd be fantastic if we could get that this summer in Budapest. That's Tom and Matt talking about uh, the world record in the uh, 4x200 freestyle relay. We've said couched everything in terms of Duncan's health already, but uh, Bob, Katie, do you think they can get it? Go on, Bob. 
Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. But I'll tell you why, because of the, the chat I had, and you'll hear it in the longer version with uh, Tom, is he was actually disappointed with his swim in Tokyo. He said, you know, I, actually, the, the quartet, I didn't go as fast as I think I should, or indeed I could. So he, he knows there's quite a bit left in the tank for him. Uh, hopefully Matt Richards can improve on what he did. As I say, there's that question mark over Duncan, but if he's anywhere near on full fitness, He'll do the job, and, and, and Jimmy will too. So, yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely convinced. I mean, I, I did predict we'd, we'd swim sub-8, didn't I, for uh, for Tokyo. So I got that bit right. I didn't get, quite get the world record, but I think, I think it'll go, and I think it'll go substantially too. I think as well, which we haven't touched on that much, I, I feel like Tom Dean is is a much sort of, he's in a much better place than he was this time last year after all of the the struggles he had with COVID. He's, you know, Bob's mentioned how incredibly he swam recently in the Mare Nostrum and last year he ended up being Olympic champion. So that's, that's a pretty great way to be going into a world championships. Um, I think, you know, both for his individual events and for the relay, having that confidence behind them has got to be a massive boost. For sure, for sure. Well, we will all watch that event very keenly. Um, we've mentioned uh, Lewis already. Lewis Burris is one of the, the newcomers in the context of that relay, but he's heading to, to Budapest, ranked three in the world in the 100 free um, after the trials season when you take out um, the Russian who's who's up there as well. Um, so, you know, he has a he has a, a shot there maybe if he can uh, reproduce his form. Um the uh, the other new face on the team, Freya Colbert, uh, and likely you know to uh, to get some freestyle swims, maybe the four hundred AM, but maybe just maybe Katie, uh, her coming in with Medi, with um, with Abby and and Freya Anderson on the team, we may even see a women's four by two. Yeah, I mean that would be good to see. It's not something that it, we've put a lot of emphasis on. Um, who who would you have as your four? I think I think uh, there would be uh, Freya Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. Abby Woods, Freya Colbert, yep. and Medi Harris, which would be three one fifty sevens and a one fifty nine from trials. Ah, I I had um, firmly put Medi in a backstroke corner, um, so she's she's even more versatile than I thought. Um, I mean, it would be great because you know I felt like it's a bit of a shame. Um, clearly, the women's relays are not in the same place as the men's at the moment, but it is a bit of a shame that you know we've often not raced them at all um and i think you know so the the programs of i mean abby's got a pretty busy program um but it it can fit you know um it's just i suppose whether or not it's felt like it's worth it and perhaps it is more worth it again there are some chances here um with the russians out um for us to move our way up the world rankings a bit um it, it would be good to see and i think there's these relays are not just going to, you know, become a priority all by themselves. We have to swim them. Um, so if we can start doing that a bit more at major events, I think it would be good. And I also think it gives, you know, up and coming swimmers a bit more of hope to hang in there. If you've got a chance of being selected on a relay rather than just sort of always knowing that relay never gets picked anyway. So, you know, is there a lot of chance in hanging on? Um, you know, I am I was a relay swimmer. I'm very glad that they took some took me to some events um, and I wouldn't have got there if they hadn't been taking those relays. So it's, it's a real boost. Only worry that I have Steve about the four by two is that there's no spares there. So we'd have to pretty much swim our quartet for the final in the heats as well. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. Yeah. And I, 
uh, I, I suspect that maybe maybe that will swing the decision making um, when it when it comes to it. But um, we'll watch with interest to see if that, that quartet takes to the water. Um, in terms of uh, other people we're we're looking forward to, to watching, I mean it's uh, it's a lot of the usual suspects from last year, um, as as we might imagine. Um, someone you spoke to earlier in the week, Bob, was uh, James Guy, who who seemed to imply he was going to swim the two hundred fly. Um, yeah, yes, he is, uh, which surprised me because I, I I kind of expected him to say that two hundred fly was something he's now canned and and, put, and consigned to history, um, but no, apparently not. So we could see the 200 flight. Whether he'll just do it for heats, I don't know. Um, and then withdraw, maybe just wants to test himself for that. But just, uh, I can't see it. I mean, we, we all know what happened in Tokyo last year where his main event, the 100 fly, he didn't even get to swim it properly, uh, which I think, you know, and you'll hear in the interview that we will put out later in the week. I said to him, are you worried you're always going to be now considered a relay swimmer rather than an individual swimmer? Because, you know, most of your medals now come from relays rather than individual. Um, I think he, he kind of balked to that a little bit. Um, but he, he obviously made the point quite rightly. So he didn't get a chance to do his main event in, in, in Tokyo because he uh, fell on his sword for the relay. Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see uh, see how he travels in that 200 fly. I thought it was something he might do at Commonwealth and maybe not at Worlds, but um, great to see him... Uh, growing his repertoire um someone else i wanted to raise ben proud he wasn't he wasn't happy katie with um with how things went for him in in tokyo he i think he felt he could have done better but he was so fast in the uh, in the short course season uh, world title in the in the short course 53 and he started 2022 pretty well so uh hopefully we can see something for him in the big pool again yeah and i sort of feel like he's he's hung in there and he's he's had a pretty torrid couple of years in terms of you know having to move training group because of covid and um it's probably been quite difficult for him to feel like he's settled and and ready to perform even though he's you know incredibly professional and always just gets on with things um he's it's such a difficult event isn't it the 53 because it's just such tiny margins as to who's on the podium and who isn't but he's absolutely got to be one of the people who's in that conversation um the the problem is the top eight are probably within, you know, 0.3, 0.4 of each other. So it's, it's it's just, there's no room for anything to even go slightly wrong. And he's such a perfectionist. Um, but I mean, I, I would hope to see him there. I think in a way it must be, it must be quite tough having that such a, a laser focus on this one event that is, you know, so competitive. Um, obviously they all are, but, uh, you know, as we've spoken about the, the 53, there's just no room for error whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I think it, I hope I'm hoping he can get back on the podium. Well, uh, he'll have that chance. Uh, he he, uh, I think I'm, I want to say he won the world title in 50 fly in Budapest, but um, I may have my yeah no, I'm pretty sure it's Budapest. He won the 50 fly, didn't he, 2017? So um, maybe he will have a go in that one as well. You also spoke to Freire in the week, Freire Anderson, Bob, who who's talking about branching out into the 400, um, maybe moving away from the 100. So it'll be interesting to see what she does there. Well, uh, to me, and actually, I'd like to hear Casey's view on this because I think she's built for 400. She, she's the kind of um, swimmer who has all those skills, and I think that she's got the endurance, and I think that she has a great back end. And I, I just think that, she, to me, two and four sits more comfortably with me looking at the way she swims. I, it's quite unusual to come to the 400 later on in the, in the way that she is. Um, she's... I think so far she's been much better short course on the 400 than long course, which still suggests to me that 
200's her kind of sweet spot um so far and like she is still really new to the 400 and so far I haven't seen anything that absolutely convinces me that she's she's got a great she's not doing it often enough though has she really to, to, to prove that i mean she's not happy no, with no, her no, time exactly. obviously she says she's yeah you know, she says she's not world class yet but it sounds like something she's really working on and something she wants to crack yeah and i don't know i i would be i'll be interested to see how she gets on with it um at the moment i still feel like she's 100 200 person because her hundred's still so competitive um but i'm very happy for her to prove me wrong i mean ideally obviously i'd love her to be great at all three um but that's pretty unusual well, we'll see how she goes uh, in, in her various events in Budapest in due course. It's difficult. I think I was thinking about who else, you know, we have who who would be up there uh, from a British perspective who we'd like to, to see do well in Budapest. And I, I actually found it quite difficult to, to kind of put any science, if you like, behind how I think they're going to do. Because, you know, if you think of... Uh, the, the two in particular I was thinking of were, were Abby Wood and Molly Renshaw, who we haven't you know, pre-selected and we haven't necessarily seen them at their best this year. Or Molly didn't even swim trials. She's been solid at, at Mare Nostrum, but not, not, um, you know, not, not right up at her best. So uh, a, a bit of unknown, Katie, possibly for, for those two. Yeah, I think Abby's been really consistent in everything that, you know, I've seen her go multiple two tens on 200 IM, which is is good, but it's not the really exciting form that we saw, you know, kind of last year leading into the Olympics. Um, So really difficult to know where that puts her. And Molly feels like a complete unknown. Um, Exactly as you said, like we we haven't seen her at all rested, I don't think. Um, A bit of a shame not to see her at trials, but obviously completely fine she's pre-selected um so yeah I would agree it's they feel quite unknown whereas last year we were you know almost hanging medals around their necks in terms of how exciting their performances had been we're not talking British women here but we're talking about obviously the the person who's done so much in the 200 and 400 IM could this be the last swim for Katinka Hoshu at uh, international level she's recently said um that she doesn't plan to swim in Paris because she plans to have a family. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it would be a pretty good way to go out, I think, in a home um, world championships. But she's actually like, I've been quite surprised at how strong some of her swims have been this year. Um, I was surprised to see her go 435, 400 IM and then Um I thought those days were, were sort of behind her, to be honest. So I think um, she's someone that I'm, guilty of underestimating um and I don't think she's done yet but I sort of feel like you know she's almost going to be the Serena Williams who probably does a world championships when she's eight months pregnant and you see her on the on the podium I don't think you can count her out until she tells you that she's out well maybe she'll get the uh the send-off like Laszlo did in Budapest last year at Europeans um but yeah don't count her out for sure while we're on the subject of uh international swimmers that, that we're looking forward to see uh the name that is exciting me for these world championships Casey I think you'll probably agree Summer McIntosh yeah I think um like I'm, I'm sort of excited and I'm sort of reining myself in because she is 15 and she doesn't have her coach anymore um and you know she's been coached by Ben Titley who we know has had some incredible results um but he's now moved off on to Spain so we don't know what kind of impact that's going to have had on her um she like you know her ceiling seems ridiculously high I don't know if I'm getting carried away but you know 
429, 400IM, 205, 200Fly and 401, 400 free at 15 is ridiculous. Um, they're not necessarily the best times ever in the world, but they're right up there. And she's shown herself from the Olympics not to be phased by major competitions. So I think she's someone that I'm excited about, but I, I sort of feel slightly cautious about going completely over the top about um yeah and as a shame we're not going to see Ledecky against Titmus this year either yeah it is a shame um I actually kind of have some sympathy for wanting a break from this this rivalry that is is sort of a lot more media built I think than than between the two of them I think particularly in Australia because I think the media I think the media in Australia are pretty brutal, to be honest. And I think they build it up far more than Ledecky or Titmus themselves would. But I mean, I'd love to see that 400 free. I think it, and I'd love to see the 200 free, not that Ledecky's doing it this year, but I think um, those would be brilliant races between them because they're both just such incredibly determined races. Um, neither, neither of them want to lose. Um, and that's, I think, what makes the the contest between them so good. Well, I'm sure we will see lots of exciting races, probably some new names, you know, post-Olympic year, slightly unusual worlds. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing uh, those those people rise up. Uh, quick shout out for the open water, Bob. Um, Britain with um, the two guys going in, uh, in the open water in Toby Robinson and Hector Pardo. Yeah, looking forward to seeing those. I'll be uh, doing the commentary on those uh, in Budapest. So uh, both in pretty good form, um, not in medal form yet, but both of them with the possibility of getting in there. Obviously, open water could be a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes. And let's hope this time that um, obviously uh, there aren't too many broken noses or um, or, uh, or cuts or bruises and that, that kind of stuff. But of course, open water can be a little bit fierce. And I'm sure Hector will be trying to avoid uh, any any kind of uh, scraps of that nature this time. Keeping away from the keeping away from the elbows, definitely, definitely on the way around. All right, um, I'm going to put you both on the spot, and I, maybe I'll offer my thoughts first. But uh, thoughts on a likely GB medal haul uh, from Budapest? Do you want me to go first and give you a benchmark? Yes, please do. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, I think I'm in a place where anything around five would be. Uh, would be a really good performance given uh, the various travails that, that the team has had and the, and the unusual preparation. So that's my opening gambit. I was going to go with um, four, but with absolutely no thought or science behind it. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you where they're coming from. Um, but I know that I'm generally the voice of doom on these sort of things. So I'm going to hand over to Bob for something that will be much more optimistic. Yes, indeed, I am. I'm going to go seven. Okay. Go seven. I, I, I think we've got there's, there's plenty of opportunities in there. Uh, not all are going to come home like they invariably don't, but I think there's enough in there. If Duncan's fully fit, and that's that's going to be the key to the medal hall. Uh, obviously, we're going to lose out on uh, the the Adam Peaty effect, but I, I think it's a chance of get, getting up to potentially seven. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will we will see which which of us is is the nearest in due course. Um, just before we um, we draw matters to a close uh this is our 99th podcast episode um oh you're baking a cake for that so uh, you get a you get a you get an ice cream bob with a flake in it oh, oh look um but uh yeah. obviously number 100 as we've as we've said a number of times through this podcast will be uh, a chance to hear the conversations that bob had with um with some of the british team down in bath earlier this week um i've got a little i've got a little quiz for you both uh 
mm-hmm. across the course, and it doesn't include episode 100, it's only across the course of 99 episodes, how many different guests do you think we've had on this podcast? Oh, different guests. Different this... guests, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm including if, you know, if we've had an interview with someone from a mix zone or, or whatever in that, so in terms of voices that have appeared apart from us. I need to clarify the terms of this, Steve. <laughs> Is this Paul Boy podcast only or does oh, it involve sorry, no, our it, offshoots? I've, I've included London Raw in all this. London, ooh, that ups it a lot. Ooh, it does. And that. I'm going to go for 32. Oh, does this include your like flash your your Commonwealth ones? You you've done some <laughs> look backs over twenty years and stuff, haven't you? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's all included. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all included. included. I'm but gonna it's... go for thirty-four. Oh, interesting. Higher or lower, Mr. Uh, Ballard? I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna go forty. Oh, uh, see, I went through and and counted them up, and sixty-four. Whoa. Sixty-four different guests. One hundred and thirteen appearances by uh, by sixty-four different guests. And now, would you like to have a guess at who the number one? Our most regular contributor is. Is it Ross Davenport? It is indeed Ross Davenport. Yeah. Uh, six times he's been on. There we are. Followed closely by Hannah Miley, uh, Lizzie Simmons, and then a four-way tie between James Guy, Siobhan Marie O'Connor, which was a surprise to me, James Guy, and Adam Peaty. So there we can are. We, can we just do a quick shout-out to Hannah Miley MBE? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, who I'm looking forward to working with for the host broadcaster on the Commonwealth Games. Congratulations, yeah. Hannah. Very well deserved. Indeed, very well deserved. Right, well, that's a good time to uh, to draw things to a close. Bob, Casey, thanks very much for your thoughts. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching the swimming and, and then chewing the fat about it with you afterwards. Um, there will be, as we've said a number of times, an, another podcast along shortly with, um, with some more interviews in it. So look out for that. Uh, if you want to get in contact about anything from this podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Poolboy or at Poolboy UK on Facebook and Instagram or go to poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact. Uh, we're excited for the swimming. Looking forward to some great racing. Uh, but until that's all done and dusted, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.